I promised to you, my viewers, that I was going to bring a Jewish queen into the chat. And here, with talk to me, Taylor, I deliver, baby. And no, I'm not just talking about yours truly, okay? I am so excited. I know you guys are going to be too for my awesome guests today. I am uh, joined by the Dr. Sheila Nazarian. Dr. Sheila is a very prominent uh, Beverly Hills plastic surgeon with her own practice. She's an Emmy-nominated TV personality, a speaker, an activist, and we are going to talk uh, about everything uh, going on in the Middle East today. Now, Sheila, I will have you know, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank so you. So excited to have you. So normally my viewers know I have a very specific, like I usually have my little outline with all my notes and all my little talking points I want to hit, right? Very conversational, but very organized. So I thought today I'm going to approach things differently and I'm excited about that. So you and I, when it comes to this issue of what's going on in Israel, we are on the same page. And I thought, let's do something a little bit different than just kind of a standard interview, but have the real honest conversation that people, whether they agree or not, can take something from this and learn from this. Because the truth is you and I, again, we're Jewish women and we both have the commonality of being in the media, you know, you doing what you do and your practice and, you know, being a TV personality and I, you know, red carpet reporter, also media personality. So we're coming, you know, at it from that angle. So, you know, I thought it would be interesting to just throw the notes out the window and go for it today. Let's do it. So let's do it. So, okay. Uh, just a little bit of catching up. Uh, you know, we are in the twilight zone, basically, Sheila, because uh, in case any of you are literally living on Saturn, October 7th happens, Hamas infiltrates and attacks Israel in the most sadistic, horrid genocide, uh, the most Jews killed in a day since the Holocaust. And what happens but half of the world, even on our own soil, celebrating? Like, hello, anti-Semitism. So here we are, Sheila, having to convince people that terrorism is happening, that it's bad, that their open mission statement is to eradicate Jews, and having to convince people that Israel, while not perfect, defending themselves from the existential threats of people openly wanting to uh, eradicate us off, uh, the planet are not the bad guys here. Like what planet am I living on? So Taylor, I think what, um, you know, I've been screaming as loud as I can for the last two or three years. Um, we have allowed this DEI woke mentality to come into our schools and the most elite of the elite institutions when we were calling it out, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's just, you know, when they grow out of this, they'll uh, see the world a new way. Mm -hmm. But instead of promoting equal opportunity, they were promoting equal outcomes and seeing yeah. everything through the lens of oppressed and oppressor. Yeah. And framing things based off of things that you can't control when you're born with and has nothing to do with your character and, uh, you know, like religion, race, skin color, uh, framing things 
in in those not by you know oh how hard did you work as a matter of fact success is now a dirty word called privilege grit and actually making it are things to be guilty about you know and we allowed this to happen to the point where now people who claim to be these bastions of justice and social justice with their pronouns in their uh you know links after their names everywhere condoning rape so bad that these women's pelvises were broken and they couldn't be buried with their legs in a straight position that's how bad the rape was but condoning it and saying they were the oppressor the white oppressor and therefore I, I, you know, marched with the women's march and rape is bad, but it's okay in this situation. So I have been seeing this coming. I saw anti-Semitism in the women's marches, which is why I did not go. Three of their founders actually had to step down because of such anti-Semitism, including Linda Sarsour and Tamika Mallory. And, you know, same with the LGBTQ marches. You know, the Dyke March in Chicago, somebody was carrying an Israeli uh, rainbow flag and these three lesbians were asked to leave in not the nicest way. That was at an LGBT march in the past. Mm -hmm. And finally, Black Lives Matter, which in their charter was anti-Semitic. It was written down. And in the peak of Black Lives Matter, I brought a Black pastor onto my Instagram to say, how do we support Black lives without supporting this bigoted organization mm-hmm. and no one listened mm-hmm. no everyone including jews put their head in the sand and said oh they don't mean it or oh that's just a couple people in the organization yep. that's not actually what they meant and as soon as october 7th happened what did black lives matter chicago do they changed their logo to a palestinian paratrooper like the ones that Literally. killed all those people at that peace festival and what did Black Lives Matter Los Angeles post? We and we 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 can't uh, say that this is bad until we put it into context. So, you know, I think it was a awakening for many people um, <clears throat> who are kind people and good people. How do we convince kind and good people in America who have never lived through Islamic uh, dictatorships? How do we convince people in America who've never personally lived through war not to see goodness and kindness in others? Mm -hmm. How do we convince them that there's people that exist in the world that not only don't share your core values, but their core values are 180 degrees opposite to your core values. So much so that they value death and martyrdom over life. What is the most essential core value? Life. Dr. Sheila, this is- Don't get me started, Taylor. I'll go to Chipotle and ask me about about black and brown beans and this is the speech I give in return, so. No, no, like I said, I've said this from the beginning. Like this is literally basic right and wrong that five-year-olds know. Like, what are we doing? And you're exactly right. I've thought about this a lot. The irony, and I've explored this on my show for the last three years. Again, when everybody was like, Whatever, being someone in Hollywood, the irony that the same people who are all about social justice and rights and this and that can look this evil in the face and not only 
look the other way, but celebrate it. And are are the most like the the signs we're seeing at protests, death to Israel by any means necessary. Like again, the most conniving evil, like the math ain't mathing. And you hit the nail on the head with the women's issue. Something I also said from the jump, which is where is the energy? I was in LA, Sheila, during me too. I was literally on the red carpet with the black gowns. Okay. When it first started, if you're so outraged by even like an exec, you know, making a pass at you, that's inappropriate. And you're fucking silent about women being disfigured, raped so violently and brutally and paraded in the streets. And you have nothing to say. I, I like you've misplaced your brain. I have nothing Taylor, to say to you. Not even nothing to say. They're celebrating it. And I think the final yeah. jump, the final connect the dots that has not yet been made in America. I think people have awakened to the fact that anti-Semitism exists. I feel like people have awakened to the fact that, you know, the people they marched with don't like Jews and are anti-Semitic. But I think the last connect the dot that people haven't made is people want dead Jews. And period. You heard it that you, period. And you it's heard out it in the open that, now. Well, it is out in the open, but it's the final thing that people aren't listening to, in my opinion. They didn't listen to me when I said these organizations were anti-Semitic and it was written down. They wrote it down, claiming to be bigoted against, but bigoted against Jews. They wrote it down. They didn't believe me then. And the final jump that they don't believe is that people actually want Jews dead. And so yeah. that's the final thing. Because again, I lived in Iran from the from I preschool. Know you did. They yeah. had us preaching death to this, death to that, death to Israel, death to America, death to the Jews since preschool. So the final jump that hasn't been made, I think, in American psyche is that people actually want that. And it's yeah. uh, something they might have heard from their grandparents who were Holocaust survivors yep. and something that they think that, that they know, but they, they don't know because it's too painful, I think, to make that jump. So let's get to the crux of this, right? And I'm going to keep it 100 as I do on my show because I know that you called out the actress, uh, Mayim Bialik, because she's mm -hmm. a fellow Jew and she basically said... When all of this started unraveling, she said herself, I basically had no idea. You know, Bill Maher, I don't know if he's a Jew. He said this. I'm going to be real with you, Sheila. And I'm somebody who obviously calls things out. I have for, for years. It. You know, I'm I'm in, I'm up to what's what the truth is. I feel so naive to all of the anti-Semitism that's so embedded and the hate and what you're saying that's in our society. It's insane. It's such a wake up call. And I let's get to it. I feel like, well, first of all, there's obviously a massive critical thinking problem in this country. Um, and with young adults who are allegedly smart enough to get into Ivy League schools, we'll get to that. But we've literally, our culture has dumbed this down to black and brown equal oppressed and everything else. Like they've somehow twisted it because they're seeing on face value that what's happening and, and we'll get to this too the palestinians who are suffering right but the fact that they've i've literally feel like they've boiled it down to that i've had haters and people say to me you know you know i'm black i'm brown we're seeing this happen all over again stop equivocating first of all it's not the same and again to see the pure genocide and again the out in the open mission statement to eradicate jews 
And that's not injustice. And in fact, Jews are in the wrong. What? So I can't help but think, Sheila, what people don't understand is that they put Jews. I mean, you're in Beverly Hills. I was in LA. They put Jews in like a power class, like white people, right? Like white people are, can't say or do anything. They're the reason for all of our suffering. And on top of that, it's a, an embedded resentment towards Jews, which is perhaps maybe the longest running bigotry in history. Yeah, I mean, I think Jews are easy pickings, right? There's only 15 million of us in the whole entire world. We tend to stick together because what other option do we have, right? We've been kicked out of every country, killed in almost every country. So it's like, you know, we, we stick together. We have very strong family values, very strong uh, belief system. We value education uh, because it's the only thing we can take with us is our education. It's the only thing we can put in a suitcase and, and, and you know, go from country to country. And I think there's a deep seated jealousy there. I mean, Kanye West said it himself. He's jealous. And, um, right. you know, right. I think that when economic issues go wrong, when there's division in society, the, the easiest scapegoat is the Jews because there's so few of us um so and yeah. you know and it's interesting too this whole like white black like all this stuff um i i, well, I just want to say in israel and, and among the jews the majority of jews don't have white skin just just throwing that out there That's not, the that, thing. Not, like, not that uh, any of that matters um but you know it right. is, i just want to throw that out there because there's so many just non-factual, stupid uh, names like flying all over the place about Israel and, and the Jews. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And and you being someone in Hollywood, right? And it's funny, I brought up the Kanye West thing, but it's that peddling of Jews run Hollywood, they're doctors and they're lawyers. And you're right, it has become contentious even with like the black Jew thing. And it's sad because at the end of the day, we're both, even though people don't like to see Jews as a minority because of this, it's like we should have each other's backs because like we both have been oppressed groups. So it's like, what's the deal with this? I'll tell you what the deal is. Resentment. Same, I'll tell you what the deal is. The deal is the same. So, and and actually the leadership of the Palestinians and, you know, big like leadership in the black society has, I've met, this is documented, there's photos of it. So let me propose this to you since we're cancel me, baby. You can cancel me for saying this. No, literally. The Palestinian people, they have been held down so that they can be used as a power play and a, and a chip Thank to continue uh, funding for their leadership. If the Palestinians were thriving and they had great schools and infrastructure and an opportunity and food and, you know, it's all this money that was sent over there, only 5% of it actually makes it to the Palestinian people. The rest of it just goes to enrich the leadership. If the Palestinians were thriving, the, the funding would stop coming in and their leadership would stop making money. So what's in it for leadership to actually invest in these people and make them thrive when they can continually use them as a power play um, joystick? Now, that leadership that figured that out has met with Black leadership. Now, look at Black Lives Matter. If there was no racism, no victimization, Black people were thriving, which they are, Um and, you know, they're, they're, where, where, what happened to Black Lives Matter? Where would the funding come from? How would they use the Black people as a joystick, right? 
So it's it's a very so similar true. oppression Olympics happening, but yes. keeping them oppressed so they can continue to exploit them for their own personal gain. Sheila, do you remember in the height of Black Lives Matter? I forget whose family. It was one of the the victims who was used as a poster child, and the family themselves were like, "I haven't seen a dime of this money," and they're using yeah. the child's faith. Nobody did. Nobody saw like, that. What is happening? Nobody did. And the crazy thing to me too, and I was gonna get because I do have a couple notes, Sheila. I mean, I wasn't going totally rogue. I do have a couple yeah. things here, uh, like umbrella topics, but. You know, you kind of hit on this, right? But the fact that it is so obvious that the Palestinian people, and unfortunately, many of them, not all of them are for Hamas, but many have been brainwashed and indoctrinated, right? But they are suffering massively in this. But the fact that Hamas is doing backflips right now because they're getting the exact result that they want with more suffering, more casualties, because their Palestinians are pawns to show, how, look what Israel did. Look what it, oh, bombing hospitals and this, 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 and it's working. Like the fact that I see mainstream, like satirical pop culture sites and they're pro like this peddling again, this ignorant, you know, narrative of like apartheid and colonizing and Jews are the oppressors and all this. It's sunk that deep. I'm like, you are literally the Hamas spokesperson. Like, what don't you get? So with that being said, no, Why it's not do you... that they don't get it. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly they're not they're not they don't not get it, Taylor. They're anti-Semites and they know exactly what they're doing. It's Make like the jump. I yeah. Make the jump. Maybe I just yes. like part of me thinks again, not to be naive or give the benefit of the doubt, but I hate to say this. I'm like, are they just stupid? And again, have dumbed it down to brown Palestinian equals oppressed everyone else not and are jumping on what they think is the right side of history. Like, are they just stupid? Because it's not that black and white, no pun intended, you know? No, they're just dumb. They're they're not dumb. They're they're dumb. And I mean, I think they're dumb and- uh, Purposeful. Purposeful. But my thing is, right? And I'm sure people like you and I have been screaming this from the rooftops. But again, they painted as Israel solely to blame. You know, Israel are the oppressors. Wipe out Israel. Israel is the one sacred Jewish state on the planet, okay? On the globe. I can't help but think, why don't any of these Arab countries- take this on take help because out there, help they, out the palestinians like again okay, so look, make let me tell you out. why let me tell you why the palestinian people that ended up in gaza who were they in 2005 2006 israel gave gaza to the palestinian people right yep before that what did israel do israel said to them they said listen if any of you want to stay and a lot of them did there's a lot of arab israelis if you want to stay you can but what the leadership of the palestinians promised the ones that ended up in gaza is no come to gaza and we'll build an army and we'll take all of israel back okay so you have to understand the mentality of people that actually went to gaza and decided not to stay in israel is that we're going to get all of it back those are the people that ended up there now You've seen all the videos of their preschools and their school plays, um, you know, their school plays are them dressed up as terrorists, uh, beheading a Jew and all of this stuff. Same thing in Iran. There was so much anti-Semitism in preschool programming for uh, in Iran as well. We, We lived this. It's still you can look it up. You can look it up on YouTube. And these people are brainwashed. Yeah. From birth. 
yeah from birth yeah, yeah. so so yeah. now imagine you have a population and not all of them are this way but 77 percent of the palestinians in gaza and the west bank support violent resistance against right. israelis violent resistance 77 percent right. so we're not talking about the 23 percent peaceful ones 77 percent support violent resistance okay whether it's with hamas or not 55 percent support hamas directly but the vast majority support violent resistance. So which country, which Arab country would want basically these violent people who support violent resistance in their country? Think about it. Mm -hmm. Would you want them in your country? Mm -hmm. I think it's a you know? mix of, of that, of I think on some level, for some, it may be the pawn play thing of, again, like, let's not forget, this was the 50-year anniversary of the Rosh Hashanah War, which, again, Israel's neighbors tried to blow it off the planet, right? So, and the fact that it's just a goddamn mess that they don't want to deal with. Like, I think it's a combination. It's a mess, yeah, things. I think it's a mess they don't want to deal with. And yeah, I mean, it is a power play, I think, as well. But I, I think mostly, having spoken to some of these leaders from some of these Arab countries, it's a mess. So they would have to invest in de-indoctrination yeah. de campaigns, education. Remember, all of the money that was sent there went into tunnels and terror right? It didn't go into education and infrastructure and bettering the lives of these people. So you're basically taking these people that are mostly, you know, weren't put in a position to succeed, putting them into a country that Egypt, for example, I was just there last year. It is, I cannot tell you how poor it is. Yeah. I mean, if the, the buildings literally, some of them were in rubbles. If you told me a bomb landed there the week before, I would believe you. That's how poor it is. Mm -hmm. And then you're taking these people who have barely any skills, mm -hmm. brainwashed, indoctrinated, and putting them in a country that is already, you know, struggling financially and economically. It's not going to, you know, it's difficult. So unless you're going to yeah. pay those countries to take those people, you know, that, that could be a possibility and that's been thrown around, mm -hmm. but you know, that's, that's what it comes down to is these mm -hmm. countries economically cannot afford this type of influx. Right. right. And it's, you know, back to kind of how <laughs> ignorant and how people don't understand the history. Um, I want to get into all of the talk around this, what we're seeing all the time, the buzzy ceasefire. We're seeing it from the squad. We're seeing it from Hollywood, which you're in. Like we're seeing it all around. Again, we're seeing it from these big pop culture sites I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, again, and and to me, like when I see this, it, maybe it's what you're saying that it's just underlined you hate. Like there's a, like I've seen people, you know, mock and make fun of the IDF and discredit it. I'm like, bro, why are you trying? So, like, why do you have such a concerted? Why are you so concerned with protecting terrorists? Like, even the thing, right, with with all of the weapons and artillery that the IDF discovered in children's hospitals, by again, placing them strategically in these public places 
to have the desired outcome they want. So Taylor, um, you're also again, like assuming, and I think what a lot of content creators assume is that facts matter to these people. Facts don't matter to these people. That's true. They're I should so know this. indoctrinated. They're that's so true. full of hatred. That's true. That you could like literally, like you could throw the gay uh, off the building in Palestine no. and then show the pride parade that some of my gay patients do not miss. They go every single year to the Tel Aviv pride parade. You can show them that and they'll be like, but gay love exists yep. and it's thriving in Gaza. I mean, it's like, oh you and, and, and queers for Palestine. I mean, literally uh, facts don't matter true. because of the indoctrination and this DEI, uh, you know, oppressed oppressor skin color situation is so deeply ingrained yeah. that they, the facts don't matter. It's true. And I said this recently, Sheila, I'm like, why am I surprised? Because again, like, you know, biological sex isn't real and math is racist. So again, like, why am I surprised that like facts aren't yeah. um, a thing to be had yes. ever? Exactly. But what do you make of, I mean, even Hillary Clinton came out in an op-ed and said a ceasefire would literally make no sense because it would just allow for Hamas. Again, they are not stopping on their mission to kill Jews. Again, like I don't yeah, know what people don't get. Last week, and they said, we're going to keep doing October 7th over, over and, and over. over. They again. don't abide by anything. They yeah. don't give a shit. Like they have this sole mission, right? So again, I don't know how, why people need this to be explained to them. But I've seen a lot of Hollywood people, Sheila, Alyssa Milano, this person, that person. Alyssa you Milano do? has been on the wrong side of all of this. No, like, no literally. I left eye twitch when I hear her no. name. <laughs> no, I know from the beginning. You have a few real ones like Deborah Messing, yeah. Gal Gadot, obviously. But give me a little bit, because I'm no longer in Hollywood, for better or worse. But give me a little bit of the temperature, how you're feeling personally being there. And also, again... Where are all the celebrities who love to speak out at every social, you know, if the wind blows the wrong way, it's a justice issue. Like, where are they? I'm just wondering. Well, I think everyone's really scared of being canceled. Um, you know, I think that they're on this topic, they're very silent because they know it's just such a irrational, contentious, yeah. uh, emotionally charged topic. Um, and I always say like the ones that spoke out on everything else, if you're silent on this, shame on you. The ones that never yeah. spoke out on anything and don't want to speak out on this either. I think that's a little bit easier for me to swallow, but I will tell you in Hollywood itself in, in, on the West coast, I think a lot of people have woken up. I feel a lot less lonely. I can openly talk about the things that I'm talking to you now without like having to lose sleep about it. Because I think a lot of people have like you know, had a moment in awakening. I'll tell you when I speak to my East Coast, New York friends, it's a lot more lonely over there. I think people are still not fully awake. Some are, but I will tell you, New Yorkers are feeling more lonely than we are here on the West Coast. I'm curious what you make of being someone in the media, what you make of the coverage, because I recently, so I'm from New York area and I recently mm -hmm. visited and the friends we were staying with had a New York times. I was like, this should be interesting. So it's literally was on the heels of everything. And you know, what have you Sheila, but all of their articles one by one, it's like, you know, Jews in New York who are still you know for a ceasefire and pro-palestine or it would be like it'll describe events of what happened and it'll be like the horror in palestine and genocide in gaza buried in the literal last paragraph is like oh yeah and um jews were killed at some music festival too i'm like 
again, yeah. what rings of Saturn are you residing on? So yeah, no, the New York Times is is no good. But I'll, it's funny. It's I was no talking good. to. It's, it's no good. <laughs> I was talking to um some of uh, my more you know left leaning uh, friends, yeah. and they were like, you know, if when it comes to Israel coverage, all I want to watch is Fox News. I'm like, okay. And that's sad. And again, at the base of it, it's like, <laughs> this is humanity and morality. Like, this is right and wrong. This is evil and innocent. And it's like, the fact that it's, it's come to this just is just It's not just that. I think that, again, the naivete of um, Americans is that they think that this is just happening over there. Like, it's about to come yeah. back over here. Oh. Uh, they said it. They say it out loud as well. You know, it's in one breath, death to Israel, death to America. This is an attack on Western values and our freedoms. And Israel is spearheading, they're the spear's tip in protecting not just um, those values uh, in the Middle East, but those values everywhere. Um, And so, you know, many, I know the European Union came out um, just a few days ago saying, no, we don't agree with a ceasefire because a ceasefire would just allow Hamas to recollect and get, you know, uh, find out where IDF is stationed and it would only help them. And the the way I think about it again, Taylor, is that as we've seen, facts don't matter. People are going to hate Israel right now, no matter what. So Israel just has to protect its civilians. It has a right and an obligation to do so, just like every other country does. I'm curious how, and, and something that makes me so proud to be Jewish is that we are so fucking resilient. I mean, Mm -hmm. time and time again, but I'm going to keep it real. I, you know, I'm seeing what's going on right in Cleveland, swastikas spray painted onto graves. You know, there was a Jewish student whose dorm room was burned down. Um, it goes on and on, you know, again, death to Israel spray painted on the white house, white house fence. I sleep with one eye open and I'm so not a victim mentality person. It's funny because recently oh, I that's just being smart. Like right. It's having situational it's, awareness. That's not uh victim, victim mentality. It it's it's crazy because I this has never happened to me. I recently had packages stolen. And mm-hmm. I've been obviously like you very vocal about this. And the first thing that came in my head was what if someone saw my content and they live in my community and they know, and they don't like, like I have a a little bit of a paranoia. That's so real. I'm afraid to go to temple, you know? And again, it's, I don't think people understand it's. And again, in a world where every injustice is supposed to be, you know, in the spotlight and, and reckoned with, Mm -hmm. it's just, I feel like, Jews time and time again, just get the shaft. Like ever notice Sheila with us? Notice this a lot lately. We are explained how to feel. We're explained, we're talked down to, or see this other side, or, you know, it's not really anti-Semitism, but with any other group, it's shut up and listen, educate yourself. And with us, like we're constantly being told how to feel. I've gotten it constantly since this all started, like on my show and off. You just have to push back. You have to push back and say, instead of saying that to me, imagine I'm a black woman. Now say the same thing to me. Literally. Yeah. Like, you know, they wouldn't say that to you. So I just, I've been pushing back on it. I want you to know that fear and the anxiety that you feel now, I went through that in 2021 during that conflict. So I'm so 
like Jimmy Kimmel me tweets right now. Like that, that shit's flowing right off my back. Cause I already mm-hmm. went through that. So all of the stuff, I feel what you're feeling, but I felt it two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the point now where I'm just like, no, people need to hear it because this is no longer about my feelings and me. This is really about survival. How do you think that, you know, I see what's going on on college campuses and I want to ask you about that, you know, because it's become such a tribal issue, unfortunately. And again, where these kids are so goddamn ignorant, how do you think, you know, you actually get through to them and not um, only them, but like our society as a whole, right? Cause clearly like there's a link missing here. No, I mean, I think we've really, as um, Jews, uh, missed the long game whereas the other side is patient and they literally are using proven russian propaganda techniques over the last 20 years to slowly infiltrate our um, different spaces whether that's politics or uh, higher learning institutions um, i know cornell has received 1.4 billion dollars from qatar um, there's billions of dollars coming in from china China and um, nefarious actors in the Middle East to our uh, very elite uh, higher learning institutions to fund these Middle Eastern studies divisions. This is all public, publicly known. You can look it up. Um, there's articles with the exact dollar amounts that have come in. Um, and so they've really pushed these uh, hiring of these professors that are you know, indoctrinating um, our youth in these, like, there was a, there was a stat I saw that it was like, um, the percentage of uh, college students in STEM, you know, science and math, um, overwhelmingly support Israel. Um, You know, there's another category, it was like music or something, overwhelmingly support Israel. And then it was the humanities, Middle Eastern studies, where it was flipped. So it's really, it's, and it's directly correlated to the funding that has come in. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that we need to do a couple things. I think we need to hold the universities accountable. I think Jewish donors need to stop donating until that happens. I think that we need to limit or eliminate foreign funding into our uh, learning institutions. I think that publicly funded uh, higher learning institutions need to be defunded if they are not protecting their Jewish students. I think we need to do what every other civil rights movement has done, which is go through the law and use Title IX, um, which by the way, to some of your listeners who might not know, Title IX never included religion until Trump changed it. Mm-hmm. So Trump actually included, you know, the Holocaust definition of uh, anti-Semitism into Title IX, which now makes it possible for us to sue uh, when Jewish students uh, are not feeling safe on campus or, or have been wronged on campus. Um, so I think there's, we need to shame. That's the other thing. The last, the last thing is mafia style. We need to be shaming students that um, actively- Did you say mafia style? Mafia style. <laughs> actively God. shame and get scared um, and name, name and shame. Uh, so that these people know, if you notice like at any of the pro-Israel rallies, no one's wearing a mask. No one's hiding their face. Right. But at these pro-Palestinian and sometimes pro-Hamas and sometimes pro-ISIS, they're carrying a flag and Taliban, that that flag, too. Um, Everyone's covering their face because, you know, uh, you know, if they were so proud of what they're doing and not afraid of uh, the accountability that comes with having uh, support for terrorist regimes, why would you cover your face? So. I mean, again, it's just you're I'm looking right at at it uh, at the 
big picture here. And, you know, again, cancel me. Fine. I can't help but notice, right. When it's, you know, thousands of Jews rallying, it's peaceful. It's hear us. And I've seen countless videos of, again, barbaric behavior of violence, ripping down hostage photos of infants saying Hitler should have finished the job. Like just so disgusting. And it's wild because I feel like, and this is where the whole cancel culture debate gets really interesting because I feel like it's weaponized. Like you even heard, um, I think it was Rashida Tlaib actually, which Miss From the River to the Sea is like her anthem of life. Okay. Um, But she said, you know, if you're, you know, a student and pro-Palestine, you're reprimanded and you're punished. And I'm thinking they're proud in the having carnivals. Like, what are you even saying right now? But this is what I'm interested to get your take on Sheila is I obviously I'm a free speech girl. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I saw you on Jesse waters and I agree saying good now it's out there and we see the, Hey, I want to see it and combat it. Right. I don't think covering it helps anything because it just festers right yeah Uh, and god knows what will come out like what we just saw um so even like right with harvard students getting put on a blacklist and all this this is where i feel myself at odds because it's like you know it is cancel culture the other way around but at the same time i don't want to hire these people on my for my company i don't want them working for me so where do you this is this is is, i'll land i land in this spot they lie they cancel, they shame, they silence. And I feel like as Jews, we're constantly trying to take this higher moral road. And I'm not saying you know, that the moral, the morality of it is in um, truth. And the morality of it is in saving America and, and Western values and Judeo-Christian values that this country was founded on, which is why everybody wants to come here. But we can't always like do this moral higher road. Okay, again, go back into your inner mafia, right? And it's like, if they're canceling, let them get a taste of that. How else are you going to shift minds unless you put them in the position that they put other people in the position of? How does it feel? How does it feel to get canceled? How does it feel to be held accountable to those views? Yeah. You know, and I, I don't think that you know, and, and let me tell you something else, like as, as someone who has been very vocal for a very long time, this whole cancel thing, when when you have, you're coming from a place of love and you're coming from a place of solid core values, it's impossible to get canceled, Taylor. It's impossible. Okay. I lost 3000 yeah. followers with my first like pro-Israel post. Um, oh, I've lost so many with this. Yeah, I'm like, bye, I've lost good riddance. I know. I've lost so many, but let let that let that go i cannot tell you do you think like i would have had any of these opportunities if i didn't speak my mind i've met the coolest people i'm giving keynote speeches everywhere i've attracted national treasures from all over the world that's amazing big names as patients that i love hanging out with that's awesome i've had tv opportunities come to me agency opportunities come to me because People are in awe of, of bravery, of, of exercising your freedom of speech. Like, why is this considered brave? Like, my parents didn't leave everything behind in Iran so I can come here and shut up. So I encourage everyone, God rewards the authentic. Speak your mind. 
you will attract your tribe, you will attract more goodness and light and, and, and opportunity into your life. So no, if you're coming from a death cult and you're speaking your mind, there's going to be accountability. But if you're coming from a place of love and goodness and humanity, I cannot tell you how great of a decision it was for me to speak up. Oh, I know. I agree. And it's funny because when I did my first episode about this, I was so nervous because even like with you today, I I first did have a whole laundry list of notes and an outline. We could go forever. Right. And when I first did my solo sit down to address everything, as you know, it's so emotional. It's so personal for us. And I thought, is this like a total shit show? Am I making sense? And you're exactly right. I had people coming out of the woodwork who I haven't heard from in years be like, you moved me to tears. You, I sent this to everyone I know. And that is so much more worth it than trolls being like free Palestine on my post. Like, yeah. You're and exactly- also like, I feel like it's so bad for mental health to like, imagine if like I was still posting about boob jobs and skincare products right now like how worthless and powerless and trivial do you think I would feel? Mm-hmm. I love myself? that you're so real. And guys, this is how real Sheila is. I, so I couldn't, I've been wanting to have you on the show forever. And I kept kind of putting it off because I was like, I can't find her direct contact. A lot of people have their email. It was just your company email. <laughs> so finally I just pulled the trigger and did it. And I emailed like your company. I'm like, I don't know if an intern, if anyone's actually going to see this within 10 minutes, Sheila personally texts me. She's like, I will be on your show. And I love that because it's so like, no, my entire staff is on like media watch because what <laughs> happens like the whole, like Jesse waters thing, literally they contacted yeah. my office at like 1 p.m. and they're like can you go on at 5 30 we're gonna <laughs> yeah. send an unmarked light van to yeah. your house and so I finished with patients at 4 30 I start getting frantic calls from my son mom you need to call security right now there's a white van outside of our house That's it's unmarked it's like freaking out yeah so you have to kind of be as you know very available yeah you know to, yeah to no opportunities because the yeah. more people hear our voices yeah the more people we're going to um give courage to, I would say courage is contagious and we need all the voices and allies right now that we can get. And you know, it'll be interesting, Sheila, to see what pans out with Hollywood, with these schools, because, you know, with the whole, you know, I, I 100% and I get that need for balance and what's fair. It's like, right. You guys have been, you got, and not have been wanting to have canceled, shamed people for the dumbest for dumbest. A, a tweet in 2002 like saying someone was fat like really yeah yeah like the stu- so it's only natural for us to want that like reconciliation for something as severe as this to, to do what you said it's like a taste of your own medicine that's like my initial gut instinct but again it's like i you know i wrote an op-ed in usa today uh, a couple of years ago about cancel culture and chrissy Teigen in particular she and i have yeah. this whole thing right and i basically yeah. say you know it just goes round and round, like, you know, calls from this side for that side. So when will it end? And what, you know what I mean? So that's where I feel like it's not healthy either. And it's just a mess. I think that things will swing back. I think it's, I think it's already started. I think people are really um, kind of fed up with all this crap. And I think it will, I think it'll swing back in the other direction a little bit. And then I think it's going to settle somewhere in the middle, which is what we need. Before we start wrapping, um, can we, and I'm sure you've seen this all the time. I feel like, again, people like with no logic to be had ever just pulling this out, out of thin air. Um, it's funny because you talked about how Trump wrote 
anti-Semitism into Title IX. And I'm not by any means like a Trump stan, right? No. But again, like, right, the man who's like the known xenophobe during COVID, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but also, you know, what's this being thrown around? All I see all the time is like, Islamophobic. I'm like, what public, where? I don't, what public, again, like when we're seeing glory to the martyrs celebrated in the streets, but our culture, like, where is the Islamophobia coming? Have you it's seen all anyone? About, it's I all haven't. about votes. It's all about votes, Taylor. So how many Jews are there in the U.S.? We make up 2% of the U.S. population, 2%. And so yeah. um, I, it's interesting. I think that, you know, the Muslims are really mad at Biden right now for supporting Israel. Yeah. And the Jews are mad at Biden right now for spe- sending more money to Iran. Um, and since he lifted the Trump sanctions and, you know, the whole hostage exchange, Iran has been enriched $100 billion since Biden came into office. So he's managed to piss off the Persians in America and the Jews on that. And then now by sending money to Israel, he's managed to piss off the um, Muslims. So it's all about votes and it's all about, you know, survival in politics. And so mm-hmm, I think that's, that's what true. was the motivation behind the whole, like, let, let's throw them a bone and say, you know, we're, we're starting this uh, coalition to fight Islamophobia, which couldn't have been more tone deaf, more poorly timed, um, and the Muslims didn't like it because they saw it for what it was, which is just like, you know, throwing them a bone. And the Jews didn't sure. like it because it's like, we just got massacred. What are you talking about? Well, so it's like, it's, you know, funny enough to bring back the Black Lives Matter parallel, even though I think that organization itself is absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. I thought about it with all this and it's like, right. I get why black, like during black lives matter, when people were like, all lives matter. Well, why black people were like, dude, can this just be about us? That's how I feel with this. It's like, can this just be about us? Like stop equivocating and making, that's something we're seeing too in Hollywood, right? Like they're over here and there. It's like, no, we just like are seeing in broad daylight people want to lot. I think people are like, can't we just have peace? It's like, wow, why didn't we think about that? That's a great idea. (gasps) Oh my God, you know? But it's just like, I think those people are just- just not courageous, total cowards. And yeah, uh, you know, when it comes to good and evil, you have to pick a side. And if you're trying to be in the middle, it's just, it's almost worse. I agree. It's, it's literally like not to simplify such a complex, deep rooted, you know, historical, you know, situation, but yes, like this is again, right and wrong. Like yeah. what is what is so hard? And honestly, it. Taylor also tell you it's not that complicated historically either. It really isn't. It really is not. I know Basically, it's like the world doesn't want to recognize Jews. Like hello, I mean, yeah, in and a that's nutshell, it, am I wrong? That way for thousands of years, it's not that yeah, complicated. Right, right. I like, <laughs> am I wrong? Where is the lie that uh, yeah. the whole world has just wanted us to not exist? Um, so last thing for you before we hop off, Jill, and I really want to leave everybody with like, so this isn't just a conversation to be had, like how to take action, but you know, and I, and I touched upon this earlier, but you know, the idea of, you know, cause when people hear this, they're going to think, oh, you don't care about, you know, suffering Palestinians. And and that's the other thing too, like the mainstream, like these accounts, whatever it is, it's like the crisis in Gaza the genocide in Gaza it's like okay like don't worry about us you know but 
they'll put it in a camp of like, you have no heart. You don't care about that. Right. And it's kind of what I said earlier. It's like, I don't know about you, but I see how they are suffering and how it's a, it's a huge crisis. And I will say like, I think that is, that blood is on Hamas's hands. Right. It's what I I said earlier. I think as we believe every life lost is an entire world lost. And um, I agree with you. I think every drop of blood on both sides. And thankfully there's um, actually Gazans uh, speaking to, for example, the free free press by Barry Weiss. Um, they're saying oh that we, I went, yep. I went to the hospital one. She just posted it this morning. I went to the hospital and this is in Arabic. Um, and there was Hamas uh, terrorists above us to the sides of us and below us. I was scared. I was scared because they're everywhere. Their bombs are everywhere. Like you said, they're in children's beds. They're in schools. There was a Hamas tunnel yeah. just discovered last week in a kindergarten. So yeah. there's like, drives yeah. on the wall and then it goes down into a, a terror tunnel so uh, i do feel you know i do feel empathy for them i do feel like it's a tragedy but at the same time not only is israel saving israel if we get rid of hamas they're giving the palestinians a chance because now the money that was being stolen by hamas can actually go to them so that they can actually have an education a reason to live yeah they have 60% unemployment among the youth right now. Yeah. So what other option do these people have to feed their families than to strap a bomb to their chest and go, go bomb something, you know? So um, yeah. giving these people an opportunity is the only way to save Gazans and to actually free Palestine. And yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and it is really sad because unfortunately they're kind of not kind of, they're in the crosshairs of what we talked about. Hamas using them as pawns, no other Arab countries wanting to take them on, and Israel, you know, having to defend itself from being eradicated off of the planet. I, I'll, I'll kind of end it with this. I saw a great analogy the other day about all this, and the person said, it's like a cancer. Would you, if you find out you get cancer, are you going to try to reason with it and be like, oh, okay, let's figure this out? I don't think so. You're going to try to eradicate the cancer. (laughs) Like you're not going to reason with it and try to work something out. And it's the same thing. Like, do you think Hamas is playing by any rules here or gives a shit? Like, They don't. don't. We lived it in in the Middle East and I can tell you they don't. They will lie. They will propagandize. They will blow people up. They will murder and rape in the most inhumane horrific barbaric medieval ways um and they are not our partners in peace and we should stop trying to make them fit into a partner for peace they are not they will never ever be that and they must be eradicated period again common sense just common sense which is not so common anymore (laughs) yeah i know um (laughs) lastly sheila like i said what can people do to actually move because this is obviously you know it's life or death literally and the last thing I want is for this to just be you know it's great to talk about it for it but for it to just like sit there in time and being be a conversation that was had like how can people actually you know execute and act I think the most important thing that people can do is to talk about it on social media Mm-hmm. And to um, invite, you know, maybe a little bit of that discord and uncomfortable feeling into their lives. But I think the most important thing that you can do right this second is is posting on social media. 
The other thing that I think is really important for people that do have kids and do have families, sit down with your families over dinner, discuss these issues. And not just that, discuss with them how to defend their point of view. Discuss with them, like for example, when they say genocide, how can it be in the last 20 years, the Palestinian population has doubled if there's a genocide. The definition of genocide is seeing numbers go down by millions, right? So how can that be? Uh, colonialist colonialization. You know, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is built on top of our holy temple. How could we be colonizing someplace that we're indigenous to? So really just within the family, I think um, that's very important to sit your kids down and, and make sure that they feel comfortable, not just in their heritage and why we've passed down these traditions and why it's so amazing to be Jewish, but also how to defend themselves when they're, you know, inevitably going to be faced with that in our uh, schools. Um, the other thing too is, gosh, what was I going to say? Um, the other thing too is invest in Israel. You know, I would say um, invest in uh, Israeli skincare, invest in Israeli companies, invest in um, anything you can do to get the economy of Israel going because everything is halted right now. I was just on a call, um, uh, a webinar this morning with the uh, uh, CEO of El Al, who's this amazing yeah. woman. Yeah. Amazing woman. Yeah. And she was basically saying how oh, they're now going to start selling vouchers um, on El Al so just to get money to come in to the country. So I think um, that's huge. Take your kids to Israel. Go visit Israel. It's the best. Give them that feeling and that um, connection to the land yeah. so that they, you know, it's not just something they're reading about in a book, but it's something that they're actually experiencing and feel a connection to that land. There's so many and things. Holocaust museums, like right here you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, the Holocaust museum project, what is good. And it, I don't think it, it did what its original attention like fully was, you know, if it did, then this wouldn't be happening. I feel like, you know, they started them all. So it would be like an education so that history wouldn't repeat themselves. And as we're seeing now, maybe that wasn't a, um, effective strategy and then the other problem i was reading um horn's book uh, everyone loves dead jews and i did a post on it and she said by building these holocaust museums we set the standard of jewish suffering very high so when we see a swastika someplace we're like well it's not the holocaust so it's not that bad mm -hmm. or when we see a jew beat up in the schoolyard well it's not the holocaust so we'll forgive that you know so i feel like we have to kind of reset what it means to be to tolerate Jewish suffering. And I don't think we should give them an inch. That's so yeah, no, also true. And, you know, I just want to say, and I forgot to mention during this that I know that you have a background, I know that you and your family fled and left Iran. And I know that you take, you know, principles here, like free speech, obviously, to heart, and and I do too, and those, um, you know, privileges we have here. So I just want to say thank you for um, using it how you do. And I love your my, I'm Italian too. So I love the mafia mob set mentality. It's, it's going down and look at the end of the day, it's like, what's so disheartening about all this is like, I know we joke about the social justice warriors and all this and that, but it's like, if you're going to apply it to one, like why are Jews the exception? Like you need to apply it to all period. And well, I will never back so down on that. You can't claim to be bigoted against and then be bigoted against the Jews. What's that? You can't claim to be bigoted against and then be bigoted against the Jews. You don't get right. to choose your bigotry. Like humans are humans and they like, exactly, where's the consistency, period. Yeah. 
So Dr. Sheila, thank you so much. Like I said, Jewish queen, I'm going to take it offline with you for a hot second, but thank you so much. Thank you.